Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Guys, listen to the best wrestling podcast in the UK, Stu's Wrestling Podcast. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling's Sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer. Our guest for episode 66 is the mercenary, Garrison Creed, all the way from Wisconsin. Garrison was in the military many, many years ago. It led to a couple of tours of Iraq. We hear about that. Incredible story. Had to ask him about that, aside from the wrestling. We talk about him travelling a thousand miles for shows. Some weeks he was having three or four shows, and he clocked up the miles. He will take bookings wherever he can. He has wrestled across America, and he's looking to go further. I'm sure he'd love to come to the UK. Mr. Creed was a big fan of WCW back in the day. His favourites included Jericho, Chris Benoit, to name but a few. So without further ado, my guest for episode 66 of Stew Dressing Podcast is the mercenary Mr. Garrison Creed from Wisconsin. Enjoy. My guest, all the way from Wisconsin, very early over there at the moment, so I appreciate this. It's Mr. Garrison Creed. How are you, man? Pleasure to have you on. I am... Doing great. Just woke up, got myself a, cu- a fresh cup of mud here, and I'm uh, you know, rip-roaring and ready to go. That's cool. He's fueled. He's ready. This man is ready on Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Garrison, how has it been um, more currently? Normally, I get like a career retrospective when you started wrestling, but I'm going to ask current, during the pandemic, how how's it been for you personally? I know it differs from person to person, the experiences and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, just the pandemic for you. Uh, initially, well, I, I don't. I think it hit everybody the same way. Quick, fast, and sudden, and it sucked. We um, there was a three month there of everything just shut down, canceled, and you're left with you know uh, your hands free, and not knowing what to do. Um, just so happened I was temporarily sidelined with an injury anyway. That probably the best bet was for me to take some time off and let that heal up. Uh, normally in my mindset, I don't let things heal up. Um, so I did that. And once, uh, things were all ready to go, I started getting on the horn, looking up companies. Uh, my normal spot that I'm usually, uh, out into was Minnesota, the twin cities, everything there, even right now is still shut down. They, they don't look like they're going to be reopening up anytime soon. Wisconsin here uh, is very hit or miss. I don't work. I don't do too much work in Wisconsin anyway. And, uh, uh, back in June, when I started getting uh, getting up again, uh, I was looking at the Chicago area, uh, but that's a tough bubble to burst. So even though I was reaching out, I wasn't working there yet. Um, outside of one company, Rocket Professional Wrestling. Uh, so I started reaching on out. I had a connection down in Oklahoma, uh, Tommy Terry Pantera. Uh, he had uh, what he advertised was the first legit show running in, in the, the United States since the pandemic started. Uh, so I got on board with that one uh, back in June. Um, 
and it was a great hit. People were hungry. People wanted wrestling back again. And uh, I was just following suit. I'm taking advantage of everything I got. Uh, Real Shoot Wrestling over in West Virginia was doing some uh, YouTube specials. So I took, a, I took a ride out with a buddy out that way. Um, I had uh, already was reaching out to New Jersey. I had been out to Monster Factory last November. was seeing if I can get back in it that way. Uh, and then just trying to pick up anything that I could. Uh, the biggest hit, um, which ended up being you know, the biggest one of my favorite, was I heard about the, uh, this huge uh, indie wrestling expo that was being held in Dallas, uh, Dallas, Texas last August. There was a who's who on there. There was a, a Danny Cage, uh, Ace Austin, um, Madman Fulton, Rodney Mack, um, Brian Pillman Jr., uh, Sean Spears. I mean, there was a Ring of Honor, AEW, MLW representatives from all over uh, uh, wrestling. Mm -hmm. going to be on this huge uh, three-day expo. And I had just gotten, you know, uh, made, put in contact with uh, one of the guys that was financing it who really liked my look. Hey, what would it take for me to get on this show? Well, we're kind of tight on the budget right now, but if you showed up, we'll definitely use you. Bet. Um, and that's why we started doing this just into this random nationwide infiltration thing uh, where I've just been jumping, jumping fences all over the place, jumping into new companies and uh, uh, infiltrating them, showing them that the mercenary is ready to go. That's cool, man. It's cool. I, I like like the fact you, you know, there's opportunities all over, all over the U.S. for you. Now, Mr. Creed, when did your career begin? When did you start training wrestling? Uh, about 2016, so not too long ago. Uh, started training late uh, 2015. Uh, right here in Wisconsin, there's a little known but very uh, solid training facility uh, in Maribel, Wisconsin. It's it's a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's the same uh, program that guys like Ken Kennedy and, and uh, Swoggle came out of. Uh, the guy that's running it now is a uh, uh, hillbilly Shane Hills. Um, kind of looks like the uh, the bastard child of King Kong Bundy, but with a whole lot more energy. <laughs> um, but I went there. He's got a very solid background. Uh, Stacy Shadows from uh, Women of Honor was also involved with uh, my training, and uh, another local guy, uh, Brock Burkholder, uh, was in there. Uh, you know, just showing me how to really entice a crowd and get them to either love you or hate you. Um, never really thought anything of making it a whole career. I'm already kind of older into the game, you know, having a military career, college degree, a whole deal ahead of me already. Um, so once I got trained up and started doing local shows, you know, I was expecting maybe once, twice a month. Um, I started putting the war paint back on, pulling out some of my old military gear, and people were liking it. So I was the phone was going off the hook a little bit more. And now that two shows a month is turning into one show a weekend, turning into two shows a weekend, three, four a weekend. I'm oh wow, I'm I'm traveling quite a bit um, and making money. Um, hey, why not? Let's launch it. Let's see how far I can go. And that's uh, that's where I'm at right now. I'm just I'm still trying to expand outward and make things happen everywhere. Uh, I mean, it's 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 an amazing business to be in, and I'm so glad that I uh, am doing it. And it's just made you put me in such a better place myself. That's that's cool, man. That's cool. How about crafting your moveset early on when you were training? How how was that? How tough was training as well? How tough was training? I always like to um, ask you guys this. 
people think they can just walk into oh, it and man. do it? Uh, I've always been uh, kind of athletically gifted already. I also have a um, an extensive martial arts background. Um, you know, everything from basic karate, some taekwondo, uh, to some combat hapkido, um, uh, ground-based fighting styles, uh, Gracie style jiu-jitsu, so on and so forth. Uh, so I kind of got a lot of fundamentals that way. Now, going back to kind of like where the military kind of interrupted my thought process on professional wrestling, I was big in the Monday Night Wars between WCW and WWE back in the 90s, particularly the mid-card of WCW where you got guys like Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, Psychosis, all these luchadors from Mexico, Eddie Guerrero, and I'll, I'm, I'm jumping into the ring. I'm starting to train. So I'm thinking, boy, okay, I'm about, I'm about a 215, 220-pound guy. Well, so was Eddie Guerrero and uh, Chris Jericho. Well, that's the style I got to wrestle at. I got you know, to be able to come off the top rope. I got to be able to do these flips. I got to be able to do head scissors and hurricanas and stuff like that. So that was my training mentality, and I'm starting to do a lot of that stuff. And I'm getting torn into every every day. Why are you doing that? Wrestle your size, wrestle your size, wrestle your size. Well, from 2003 to 2016, when I started training, I didn't watch any wrestling. I, I, it, I was completely out of my element. I missed Ring of Honor. I missed uh, evolution of like Daniel Bryan, uh, Seth Rollins, things like that. I missed a lot of professional wrestling. So I was missing the point of, hey, wrestle your size. Oh, I got to do more high, high flying? Uh, it didn't click. It didn't click. And then finally... I got through training enough, started getting on shows, and I'm the biggest guy in the locker room. I can't exactly moonsault on top of this 150-pound kid. Oh, click, it snaps there. Now, I need to learn how to wrestle like a big guy, and I ain't ready for that. <laughs> um, so I, pretty, I went back, and I almost had to retrain my entire self. Yeah, I'm good, at, I'm good with the high flying, but I can't do that all the time. So I had to retrain to learn how to work as, as a bigger guy now. So I, it was a whole different move. I had to learn. I got multiple movesets I have to depend on. So to make it all work. That's cool. That's cooler that you've got a, an array of movesets. I mean, some guys, some guys just work one style, don't they? So I, I've been, I've, you know, I've not heard that much before in previous episodes of the guys. So it's cool to hear. When was your first match, Garrison? Uh, my first match would have been um, May of 2016, and it was and it was against uh, against one of my trainers, Stacy Shadows. How was it for you the first match? Um, short, sweet, simple. Um, it wasn't bad. Uh, it was the one and only time um, I was doing in training camp. I was doing it like clockwork. Every time I went and tried for it, I was doing split leg moonsaults all over the corner. Again, larger guy doing something like that. Um, and I was landing him consistently all the time at camp, all the time. First match, go to whip it out, and it's the only time that I land on the top of my head. It's the last time I've tried it in a match live. <laughs> sod slow, sod slow that you couldn't land it when you, when you needed to do it, like, you know, for pur- purposely for the match. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but it was my it was uh, the first experience where you're you're going out out there and they're uh, and they let you know too they you know, the veterans tell you hey you know slow down I mean hell they still tell me to slow down I tell myself to slow down but that first time you're in that ring 
I want to do everything. No, slow down. You want to do everything? Do two things. That's all you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's been good for advice in terms of, you know, guys you've been able to go to uh, like some of the vets, some of the vets that some of the, uh, I know. right now, uh, locally for advice. Um, I'll go, we get, um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. He's more of a local legend. Now he's been around for about 10 years, uh, maybe a little bit more. Uh, we have Joey Avalon. Um, he's definitely well-established. He should be on a bigger stage somewhere. Um, but he's the guy that I'll come across with like, Hey, I got some crazy ideas. I'll throw him by him, see, uh, what he thinks. Um, and another huge influence and a person who uh, kind of shined me up, fi uh, finalized my training, well, further on in my training, can't say finalized, we've never done training, uh, was uh, Tony Kazina. I've done multiple tours uh, up in Canada for Canadian Wrestling's Elite and uh, was always, um, I was always traveling with Tony Kazina, who's now the, uh, the head trainer of Fale Dojo over in New Zealand. Uh, he's doing a great job over there and he's uh, training the next generation of New Japan Pro guys. Uh, having a high amount of them go right into the uh, Young Lions program over there. So it's great just to have that, uh, that experience that he touched up on me. But it'll be regularly that I'll just reach out to him, ask him something. He goes off like an angry dwarf that he is and uh, lets me know what he thinks. <laughs> Scooting forward then, where, where have been some of your favorite places to work? Because I know you've had bookings far and wide. Oh, where have you really enjoyed working? What's been satisfying for you? Events that you've had on the road, anywhere. Um, I mean, I've liked. I've had. I've had a big variety of stages. Now, like I said, I've. Uh, I've been over at uh, Monster Factory. I've been in a warehouse uh, for real shoot, just shooting video. Um, I've been down uh, now in Chicago. I've been down to a couple of places down there. Rocket Pro's always got a huge, a great fan base. Uh, now that I've gone down to Dallas for not only just the, the Indie Wrestling Expo, um, where they had some pretty hardcore fans down there. I was also down there for a Christian Wrestling Federation where uh, they, they have a really close-knit uh, family down there, too, which they um, – I, I definitely had that feeling that I blew the roof off the place just, you know, just at my entrance alone, and they really expected some some uh, – uh, some really good things out of me and I felt like I delivered afterwards and they made sure to make it feel like that I did. Um, I, bottom line, there isn't just one place that I like to be. Uh, the road is where I like to be. I like to be, you know, traveling to all these little towns all throughout Canada, whether, um, you know, I'm in Red Deer or I'm actually going into a bigger stage like in Winnipeg. Uh, I, I just love traveling around. I love seeing the, the folks uh, all over the place and like, and also knowing that you're creating new fans. Oh, hey, you know, I'm debuting in Podunk, Egypt uh, this weekend. I don't know, you know, someplace I've never been. But hey, you know what? I'm going to go out there and even just, you know, just turn it up just a little bit more because now I'm not, I'm not trying to make that one or two more fans or three more fans at that show that I've been at for eight, nine times already. I'm going to a whole new crowd. All right, I definitely need to get invited back. Let's make it happen. Um, so really, uh, long, long story short, I, I just love being on the road, period, uh, and being out in front of people. That's nice to hear that, you know, you hear about the rigors of the road for you guys and the hours on the road, but it's nice to hear, it's quite nice to hear that you, you don't mind that, it's all, it's all part of the experience. Oh, yeah, and uh, I know you were talking about, uh, you were just talking the other day how uh, you have a lot of companies over there in the UK, mm -hmm. uh, I, but how, I mean, how 
when they're kind of closely knit together. Uh, here, I go, like say, I got a three a three show loop on a weekend. I got to hit, you know, maybe two towns in Minnesota and one in Iowa or, you know, two shows here in Wisconsin and another in Minnesota or, you know, maybe I got to do that crazy loop in Minnesota down to Chicago. I'm averaging about a thousand miles on my car a weekend. Wow. And that's sometimes on the low end. Like, what, I, what would it be in the UK? <laughs> it wouldn't be that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, about maybe four, 400 miles maybe on a loop, say if you had three or four shows maybe, mm-hmm. I should imagine. But probably Ooh, half. That'd be, an easy, that'd be an easy weekend. That'd be a lot of, a lot of time to get some bed rest. <laughs> that's, me, that's me guesstimating, Garrison. That's me guesstimating now. I'd say half the amount, you know. But uh, yeah, man, it's, that's, that's cool to hear that you like, you like the travel side because I know some guys... They find the traveling side tough, don't they? It, it, it is kind of a pain. I mean, I get a lot of people ask me, "What's the uh, you know, what's the most uh, what's the injury that you got that you know kind of really bugs you a lot?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's this lower back pain from sitting in a, in a van seat for so many hours." And they're like, "That's the biggest nagging injury you got from pro wrestling?" Yeah, it's the car rides. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Surely it's when you get in that ring. Oh, I, I get that ring. I take that first bump, or I get to take that first body slam or suplex. And I'm good to go. I'm golden. Yeah, you're ready. You're ready to rock, man. Also, it I'd like to talk everything to you. Up. Can I talk to you about the etiquette? The etiquette side of it shows, you know, backstage with talent, with some of the veterans. Um, Just what, what are your tips to guys in terms of etiquette and being, you know, respectful. Yeah, I mean, well, main main things are just be respectful. I mean, that guy, uh, that guy that's been in the business longer than you, uh, you, he's taking up his bump card a bit. He's uh, he's taking his beatings inside that ring, and he's you know helped set up that ring and tore it down way more times than you. So, go on up there, show your respect, say nice to meet you, uh, shake their hand, and I, I, I know there's kind of this movement now to do this little limp handshake thing. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm an old military guy still. Yeah, I get a nice firm grip, firm handshake. Hey, we're we're here in a we're here in an arena that that emphasizes a combat sport. I'm going to show you that I am you know ballsy enough to be in here. We're not going to say man because we have plenty of women in the locker rooms too. Ballsy enough to be in here. I'm going to give you a nice firm handshake. Know that I'm here. I'm professional. And I'm here to do business. You know, and let's do some business. Um, but yeah, uh, when you're talking to veterans, uh, definitely. Uh, even if they're just local veterans, you know, uh, ears open, mouth shut. Uh, consider everything that you hear. Don't necessarily have to use everything, but take everything in, put it in the little banks back here, bring them up later. You know, hey, maybe it might, doesn't make sense now. It might make sense two or three weeks down the road. Maybe it makes sense two years down the road. But take everything on in, process it, and uh, use it. And if you got somebody that, you know, takes the time out, uh, whether you ask them or not, and they take the time out after your match, pull you aside and give you some pointers. Like, again, put them in there, consider them. Uh, just be respectful for everybody that's in the locker room. I mean, you are doing doing business. Uh, consider it anytime that you're doing business with any any any, any sort of thing. You don't want to have to go into the office with some crabby coworkers. Treat them all with respect. You get out of the place at the end of the day and you share a beer. Also, your tips for guys wanting to start learning training wrestling. I'd like to just segue into that a little bit. You'll have good advice for these young guys, oh. man. Um, embrace the suck. 
Uh, you're going to go out there. You're going to get your ass handed to you. You're going to you're going to be sore. You're going to use muscles that you haven't used before. You're going to take a beating in the level of that. You probably more likely than not, unless you've actually been in some sort of combat MMA type sport, never have taken before. Um, you want to learn techniques. Now, Marley, not the best way to do this, but if you're going to go and sell a punch in the ring, go out, aggravate that guy at the bar, put your hands down, let him sock you in the chin. Now you're going to know how to actually sell a punch. Uh, I think we got too many guys in this business that have never actually had any physical contact with anybody in such a way. They don't know how, you know, how an actual punch feels. There you go. You're going to feel it real quick. You know, take that gut shot. Look, know how it feels to have that bottom rib bruise for a while. Um, when you, and when you go on in there, hey, now, now you know you just got kicked in the ribs. Oh, shit, I, I, I'm got, I got to be selling this for a long time. That's going to hurt like a lot. Um, stay on top of your game physically. Eat right. Uh, keep your nose clean. Stay out of trouble. You don't want to bring bad publicity to the business. Um, but just you know, put yourself in a position that any time that you show up, that you that you have that gift of being on a show, show up to work because um, that's what's going to help you best. That's what, what's going to bring you back, and that's what's going to bring in more fans, more asses and seats. That's cool, man. That's that's good good advice. I've never took a punch, but then again, I've not wanted to get in the ring. <laughs> but it's you've got to be prepared. Like it's, I like I like that. I liked your answer to that because. It's it's not for everybody. No, Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that do want to get into the ring, and sadly, sometimes you just have to accept that. Hey, maybe this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, some sort of talent relations or uh, ring announcing, or maybe even refereeing is more of a thing for somebody who who really wants to be in the sport. Uh, But sometimes, yeah, sometimes just being in the ring just isn't it. But the, you can, there are so many niches in this business. You, there are, you can find some way for you to make it work. You just got to find it out. For the few, not the many. That's what I'd say. That's right. That's what I'd put. Yeah, right? Absolutely, man. Garrison, I think it'd only be fitting to talk about your military career because I know off camera you told me you served in Iraq. So I think because yes. you served for, for, for your country, I know it's a huge thing, especially over here in Britain as well for, for British guys who've been in the army, you know, our service right. men and women. Incredible, incredible. How was your time in Iraq? Um, I was there, uh, I did a stint in 2004 to 2005. And then again, uh, the latter part of 2006 and all of 2007. Um, the first deployment there was probably in the best way to describe it. Cowboys and Indians. Uh, we saw contacts damn near every day. Um, uh, very, uh, very mind-boggling. Gets in your head a lot. Uh, you don't know when your time's gonna come. I'll be the first one to admit I, I probably lost a couple of screws while I was there. Uh, just uh, uh, being involved in all the stuff that I was involved with, whether it was uh, movement to contact missions or um, hearts and minds missions, where you're actually trying to uh, work with the, the communities and stuff to rebuild and uh, get some money and economics going on through the system. Uh, being infantry, you're kind of on the front lines of all that, whether you're doing simple security missions or you're doing the down and dirty and kicking in doors and finding the bad guys. Um, uh, to kind of back up to there, you you know, helping, um, your, you mentioned like uh, service to my country and all that. Um, 
you know, some people would say it's in a humble sort of way. I've never looked at myself as really a patriot or somebody serving my country. Mm -hmm. I got out of high school, I signed a piece of paper to go and do a job. Mm -hmm. And that's how I've always looked at my military careers. I went over there to do what my superiors told me to do. I was doing a job. Um, and it kind of segues into what I'm doing now, you know, kind of uh, with the whole mercenary moniker. It's legitimately uh, the way I looked at my military services. I was just a soldier for hire doing my thing. Uh, luckily, I was never in any compromised moral or ethical situations uh, where I was just doing my job straightforward. Um, but yeah, we, I came across a lot of, uh, a lot of different experiences in my, uh, deployments, uh, sadly lost a fair amount of friends. Um, you know, ones that I trained with ones that I made in Iraq, uh, cause we did work uh, closely with Iraqi national guard as well. Um, where we had some hiccups there. Um, but I mean, de definitely different experiences. Um, I've been exposed to a lot of uh, roadside bombs, been hit by two, uh, suicide car bombers uh, personally luckily uh, no purple hearts out of the whole all the whole deals but uh, it was damn damn near close enough that it should have happened um, did take my hearing out of my uh, left ear right here so I do got a lot of issues with that um, but I think overall my military experiences you know it brought me up it may be the person I am today mm -hmm. uh, it manned me up it uh it steeled me it it hardened me as up as a man uh put me in those different situations put instilled a, a serious discipline a self discipline in my stuff so that way even when i uh had that gap between two, 2008 and 2016 when i got into wrestling i was still maintaining going to the gym yeah, eating a healthy diet you know, being ready uh for anything that life could bring at me and then you know when the professional wrestling opportunity came on up it was like oh okay, now I just need to tweak it this little much to get into this athletic behavior and I should be good to go. And um, Even today now, like I get back from a three, four day uh, uh, road trip loop, a uh, couple of shows and I get home and I got to, you know, I got to unpack. I have dirty gear. I need to get some sleep and the sleep waits until my gear is clean. And then I pack up my gear ready to go again. Maybe I got to put the, the boots out to dry, but I clean my gear before I get, you know, I lay my head down and get some sleep when I get back home. Instilled from the military. Make sure your gear is ready to go for the next mission. That's cool, man. Thank you for that insight. And, you know, I know that's personal to you, that. So that, no, that was, thank you. Thank you for sharing that, man. I appreciate it doesn't that. Get asked, it doesn't get asked too much, so, and I'm not afraid to hide it. Yeah, it's just, I wanted to, I felt I had to ask you about the military side, man. Don't mean, I know it's a wrestling program, wrestling podcast, but thank you, man. Thank you for that. Hey, no, no problems, my man. Thank you so much. Garrison, I'm now going to ask you some of your favourite matches when you were a fan of wrestling. Maybe your top three. Oh, well, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I, I, um, I struggle with three. <laughs> um... The confrontation between Chris Benoit and Bret Hart uh, in WCW. Um, I really enjoyed a lot of the ground-based technical wrestling and the hard-hitting action. Like Chris Benoit just had that, that mix of, of uh, crisp technical skill with that, all right, you push that button, I'm going to chop the hell out of you now. Uh, that viciousness that he was able to open up with. I just, I, I love that combination and that guy. 
And Bret Hart was just so damn good and smooth at everything he did. Um, so that was just a technical masterpiece watching that. I can't think of the date right off the top of my head. Um, I think it was a Nitro even. Um, so that's up there. Um, and then two of them that really stand out at two different points in his career even uh, were Rey Mysterio matches. Uh, one being, and, and just came, it just came up, a lot of people were uh, all excited about it, was uh, Halloween Havoc 97, uh, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. I watched that as a fan to this day. There's no way I'll ever be able to do anything in that match. Um, so I can't like watch it, critique it, pick it apart, and you know, to possibly use any of it now. That's just me fanboying out watching how they did that match. And then even go back even further, um, another Rey Mysterio match back from ECW. I think it was uh, his, his and Psychosis ECW debut. Um, uh, Psychosis was done up in the, uh, his white garb. I, can't, I think Rey Mysterio may have had a Spider-Man type gear on. But I'm just seeing these two guys just laying on all, flying all over the place. And then the finish was uh, Psychosis going for almost like a razor's edge or a crucifix powerbomb off the top. And Rey Mysterio catching him with a Rana, a package Rana off the top rope, landing in the middle of the ring, going, holy shit. Amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> who the hell does this? Yeah, um, so those are the ones that kind of uh, stand out in my head. Um you know, that I still go back to this day and watch just to kind of reminisce to, to still have, not, not, not to pick them apart as a worker now, but to remember, hey, we're doing this for the fans. And that's, that's my way of being that fan again, watching those matches. Who would you like to get into the ring with past, present, future? Who, who's on that list for you personally? Uh, past, present, future. Um, yeah. I would have. I, I really highly respected and looked up um, everything that Raven did back in the day. Uh, his ECW run, WCW run, uh, the hardcore stuff he did, did in WWE. He was just great at getting into people's minds and by not doing anything. Um, having a story with him would be awesome. Um, just getting a chance to be in the ring with him now, even though he's got you know he's kind of you know, got his physical limitations now. Um, being in the guy in the ring with guys like Dean Malenko and you're trying to do that technical style. Like it's not my bread and butter. I can do it. I can keep up. Um, but just seeing that style and how smooth it was back in the day would be great to be able to do and get into. Um, hell, Ray Mysterio's rip roaring ready to go. I'd love to get in there with him, even though I don't know if I can do that much flying around, uh, but kind of bringing it up, you know, bringing it forward to see who's on, uh, who's on the scene now that I would, uh, uh, definitely relish the opportunity to get into uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, I think we could tear it up. Uh, Warhorse, uh, he's a great physical competitor right now. Um, Logan Creed, uh, there's a namesake right there. Uh, I've had some great matches with some uh, very large individuals, and uh, I think we could definitely tear down the barn uh, if you throw both Creeds in the same ring or in the same arena even. Uh, just to name a few guys right there. That's cool, man. That's cool. Garrison, where can the listeners and viewers find you in terms of social media? That's, that's just to close I out. Am, 
I am all on. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, just look up Garrison Creed, just the way it's spelled, or just the way it sounds, G-A-R-R-I-S-A-O-N-C-R-E-E-D. You'll find me on all three of those platforms. I also have T-shirts available at pro, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com mm-hmm. backslash Garrison Creed. That's cool, man. My guest, all the way from Wisconsin, thank you for coming on so early over there as well. It's barely hey, no daybreak. Problem, it's been a pleasure. Barely day, daybreak, and Mr. Garrison Creed is on with this ex-military man, and most importantly now, wrestler getting booked far and wide. It's Mr. Garrison Creed. Thank you very much for coming on Stu's Wrestling Podcast today. Hey, thank you very much, my man. This episode is brought to you in association with Powered 4 TV, so go and check them out for anything wrestling related, old events, new events when we come out of COVID, podcasts, you name it, it's all there at Powered 4 TV, so find them across social media. Sports Social Podcast Network.